Welcome back to episode 236 of the FPL Surgery Podcast. We're recording straight after the Crystal Palace game. So it's Sunday the 12th of December. We've got a deadline in literally two days. There's all sorts of COVID news as well. But luckily, um, I'm here with, I think this is your third time on the pod, but I'm here with FPL Irons, aka Luke, another Luke. Um, how's it going, Luke? And is it your third time? It is, it is. Do I yeah. get a hat-trick ball through the post? Is that something that you offer or...? I think so. I need to ask Iceman uh, about Ooh, okay. a bit like the Blue Peter badge thing. <laughs> That's it. I want a gold match ball through the post. That'd be lovely. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, think, I think this is uh, my first time on by myself, actually, potentially. Or did really? I? No, actually, no. At the start of the season, I came on by myself. But um, yeah, basically, whatever I say on this pod, ignore me. I'm having a terrible season. Do do the opposite of what I say. You say, you say you're having a terrible season. I don't think it's that bad. It's just not as good as your your last couple no, it's just not. It's just not what, I, what I'm used to. I'm, I'm around 200k at the moment, and I'm 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 not massively. I'm not miles off. It's just the last few weeks, every 50 50, I've I've gone Gundogan over Silver. I've gone King over Dennis. Um, I sold I sold Rafinha before he started taking penalties and wiping out my Chelsea double clean sheets. It's a uh, it's been great fun. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I still think it's a good rank, but I guess it's also been a a bad day um fpl wise i know yeah. formula one and obviously for, for west ham as well and this is the problem being a west ham fan these days i'm so used to it, as long as we don't lose it's happy days whereas now you know we're, we're going for the top we're going for top four and we need to win every game especially against you know teams like burnley and yeah i'd, I'd, I'd much rather be back in the championship if i'm honest I, I don't i don't like it being in these uh dizzy heights i'm getting a nosebleed <laughs> you know you've now got the expectation to win every week it's horrible yeah, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I would happily swap, swap with you. Um, you know, at the championship, there's a lot of points deductions. Um, it's not as fun as you think. <laughs> but you do have Andy Carroll. So at the end of the day, I, I would genuinely swap with you because I, I miss big Andy. I love him. <laughs> I, I'd swap, I'd swap Andy Carroll if we could be promoted to the Premier League. Put it that. I'm not that attached after, <laughs> I think it's what, three games, four games. Sounds good to me. I'll do it. <laughs> nice well if we, if we just start with so it's going to be a slightly shorter episode than normal um but we've got a lot of questions to go through so sh- should we start with our game weeks obviously you've alluded to it not being a very good one and i mean mine's mine's not much better mate but you know what were your transfers who who was your captain captain mo salah uh <laughs> i'm not i'm not going against him ever again i i i went i went havertz in the in the dodgy game week nine flip-flop that every, everybody everybody that didn't go for him missed out and dropped off massively um so I'm, I'm just sticking with him now for long term uh I had to take a minus eight I didn't have a goalkeeper and I had Harry Kane and I had Ivan Tony with Covid um I also had Rafinha who had terrible fixtures and definitely wouldn't score a goal against Chelsea so I got rid of him <laughs> um to be honest I actually think my, my transfers did make up the minus eight in the end uh I bought in Bernardo I bought in Guaita I bought in Ronaldo um so it is it's, I, I think I would have made up the points but it's not it, it's not difficult to make up the points when three of the players weren't playing so no that's uh, true <laughs> yeah it, it was quite an easy win really as long as my players turned up they should have been fine but, and, and with all the penalties this weekend as well penalties were madness weren't they the, 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 yeah. I don't know where that the the, the the Man City penalty was the one that hurt me Gundogan got he came off about three or four minutes before they got the penalty and I'm sure he would have taken that mm. so yeah, that was just a little bit of luck that I needed would have been if he'd stayed on the pitch five minutes more and got me 10 rather than one. I, I now probably would have been sitting with a green arrow, but it's just well, and, and, goes. And Gundogan should have scored as well. He had that header, didn't he, cleared oh, off the line man. just before it, he was subbed. Just such a painful five minutes. That the, the shot soft, stopped off the line, subbed off for a one point, and then they get a penalty and, and score. And I'm like, why? Oh, no. and it was never a penalty either, was it? No, nowhere, nowhere near a penalty. I'm really biased because I my transfer in scored the penalty, but um, but I agree. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a penalty. There were a couple of shouts earlier in the game while Gundogan yeah. was still on the pitch that were probably more deserving of a penalty, but still probably very very borderline. And I guess the Gundogan thing as well. It was like not only did all that happen that you've mentioned, but then straight after the game, Pep says he's got back a back problem, um, yeah. that's, and he's been bit playing badly because of that the last two games. <laughs> So, fantastic yeah so it's not i mean it's not looking good for gundogan at the moment but then uh, we've also had news haven't we of um so the united game man united could be at risk against brentford because of covid and i think there's one person at villa who play norwich has tested positive for covid as well so this could change over the next couple of days but 
everything we talk about today, we're going to have to just assume assume most of the fixtures are on and I guess people are going to have to just pay attention um, to what's going on. It looks like Leicester Spurs might be on, if, if that oh, helps. Think? Okay. Well, if Leicester Spurs is on, then that, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's not a nice thing, but to be honest, I haven't got any Spurs or Leicester, so I hope it's off just to cause a bit of carnage. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's a really difficult one. And also take everything you're hearing with a pinch of salt. Have you seen the, the quotes going around about Man U? That I've seen one quote, in isolation another quote in isolation and then then the quotes together and one sounds really good one sounds really bad and then one you're not so sure I've seen every player that every player that traveled to Norwich tested negative then I've seen there's a few positive cases within the within the camp but then when you put them together it kind of said everybody that traveled to Norwich had a negative test but now there are some positives so it's kind of are you saying everybody that travelled doesn't have it and everybody that didn't, there are a few? Or are you saying some people didn't have it yesterday and now they do? It's all. That's the thing, because the, the one I'm looking at says the whole group who travelled to Norwich had initially tested negative, but subsequently a small number of lateral flow tests among players and staff returned positive results. So that sounds like somewhat so Ronaldo didn't have it yesterday, but now he does. Sort of, it, you know. Exactly. And it's it's really hard to know. And it's just reminding me of the last, well, particularly last season, but the last two seasons we've had stuff affected by COVID. Um, this obviously is the we, worry, isn't it? Because obviously we were given, like Ivan Tony, we were told after the deadline. Um, Ethan Pinnock, uh, again at Brentford, we found out after the deadline. A few we found out before the deadline. So I just think it's important to make sure you've got a squad. You've got to have a squad at this point in the season now, haven't you? With all these, you already needed a squad going into Christmas anyway. With you know four games in the next two weeks, let alone now with these COVID issues, I, th- I think you pro- you probably need to have 15 players. You basically need to have a squad you'd be happy to bench boost every week and just hope you filled 11. It, it, and do you know what's so annoying about that, Luke? Is I had a team like that, and that's why I bench boosted you know three or four weeks ago. But because I wanted to get Jotter in, yeah, I ended up downgrading that bench. And now players like Alonso are not looking like smart long-term picks. Mm. Like I'm happy to have him, but I I am getting worried about owning someone like Alonso at the moment. Um, yes, so it's I, a worry. Yeah, and I think when we get to our transfers, I think we're gonna have to pay attention um to to our benches. Mm. Um, but just with really quickly with my my team, I got I think I've got 56. I assume I haven't got any bonus points today because <laughs> it's been a bit a bit of a disaster. <laughs> um, I, the only good news is I had two free transfers. And I didn't do a hit. Um, I decided to do Foster to Guaita. I think the same as you, so you can rotate Guaita and Sanchez. Yeah. Sanchez has got some double game weeks coming up. Um, I did have the money to go for De Gea or Ramsdale, and obviously that would have been a lot better. But there were just so many reasons. I wanted to have two goalkeepers due to COVID, mm-hmm. and I wanted to keep Sanchez, you know, in case there's, you know, these double game weeks in in the new year. So I've got I've got two crap goalkeepers instead of one good one. Um, hopefully that yeah. pays off down down the line. Um, and then who are, who? Oh, I took out Son. I really didn't want to lose Son, um, but I did. I got in Sterling, so eleven points. I was happy with that because the hits I was looking at were to get Ronaldo, mm. but I didn't want to lose Antonio, which looks silly now after today's game. But I really didn't want to lose Antonio for Ronaldo for like a minus eight. Yeah. So Son to Sterling has paid off. I, honestly, if I hadn't got Sterling in, I'd have been on like 40 odd points, like low 40s. I'd have been in real trouble because I'd have gone for Bowen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I've had a bad week, but it could have been a lot worse, like an yeah. awful lot worse. And I'm quite happy with Sterling at the moment. He look, He's looking good. I know he was lucky with the, the penalty being given. And I never expected him to take penalties, but he created a few chances. He laid that one for Foden on a plate um, yeah. towards the end of the game. And I'm hoping now he's nailed on. I was impressed with him. And I, th- I think he looks very, very good off that right-hand side. I, I said it to you, didn't I? You, you said you potentially thought he might play up front. And I said, I, I, I like the look of him off the right. I th- Since I've seen him playing off that right-hand side, because obviously he predominantly plays off the left, and now they've got Foden and Grealish out there. And Pep keeps saying about how he likes to play the right footers on the right and the left footers off the left. And that Grealish has then been floating around the middle. I think Sterling looks fantastic in that position. He, he keeps finding these pockets of space. And with, I think when Foden's back, Foden's creativity is just going to play into Sterling's hands. Because if there's one thing Raheem Sterling is good at, it is finding the space in the box. He's so intelligent with making those little late runs. Foden just whacking, whacking crosses across the box or fizzing a couple in. 
Raz is going to get a couple of goals over the course of the next few weeks. I think I, I, I like the pick. I think it's a good. I think it's a good little differential. No, I mean I'm really excited about it. I guess the only problem is his price, and you've obviously been talking about now like we need stronger benches, and he's the one player stopping me from getting that slightly yeah. stronger bench. But Ronaldo, it would have been worse for me. So, yes. you know, he's he's it, and I one of the reasons I like to go in for Sterling is they got good short-term fixtures. Mm-hmm. And I thought he might be nailed. I thought Foden might not even, you know, be fit. So I did think there was another player out of the equation, and I was yep. wrong. Um, but he also gives a nice move back to Son because I was quite mm-hmm. looking forward to having Son over over like Christmas. Um, obviously, I'm gonna have to leave that for a couple of weeks now. But yeah, I, I kind of like that spot for Sterling or Son, but also want to upgrade the bench. But we've both got this Gundogan problem, so <laughs> I'm assuming that's where our transfers are going to be going. Yeah, I think so. And I think after the performance Gallagher just put in, obviously, I kind of take the, the second goal out, out of my memory, if I'm honest, because that's just a screamer that they're not going to happen very often. But again, especially if, if Palace are going to keep playing this 4-2-3-1, I thought Will Hughes played well today. If Will Hughes is now going to sit in there in, in the double pivot and Gallagher's playing at the number 10, I think he's a no-brainer, isn't he? And, and Gundogan to Gallagher. They've got four very, very strong fixtures in the next few weeks as well. So it's it's just one of those for me where I'm 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 happy I'm happy to move and, and just accept that I probably should have got him earlier. They've got Southampton at home, Watford away, Spurs away, and then Norwich at home in the next four. Yeah, that's so, a ridiculous run. That is a ridiculous yeah, and seven shots, three key passes, just having a quick scroll through now i mean it, it looks good but he's been a player i've not been that keen on and i think this is partly because of elise I've, i think i've been you know we talked about a lot about him on that pre-season pod didn't we yeah and i've been patiently waiting for elise to become a thing but it's becoming evident it might might have to wait a little bit longer you know maybe not even this season but i think even if even if elise does become a thing he's going to play wide isn't he and he's going to play probably in in, in favor of iu so I think Gallagher, Gallagher, in my opinion, is a player that next season will just go straight into the Chelsea team and be a, be a whether he's a starter or in and around the squad. It, I, I think he's a he's a top he's a top player, isn't he? And as he went straight into the England team for after what five ten games for Crystal Palace because he was that good. Then they're not gonna they're not gonna drop him, are they? He's he's the best player in their team by a country mile. Yeah, there's. <sighs> It's a tough price bracket, and I think there's there's been a few questions actually. So I'm going to go to one actually from FPL DJ Dom J. Mm. Um, Dom said, like, should I just take my medicine and get Bernardo in for Gundo? Is the stats element that really that important? So I think before this Palace game, in my mind, I was looking at play. I was looking at Bernardo or Bowen. Um, mm. Obviously, Bowen's going to be possibly be a popular pick. You know, maybe more when the Arsenal fixtures gone out of the way. And he's already seen huge transfers in luck for this game week. Um, I mean, would you say Gallagher would be a priority for you over over Bernardo? Yeah. So for me, I own Bernardo now. I, I do mm. have him, so I'm 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 fine. I think choosing between the two is tough. Those four games are, are beautiful, aren't they, for Palace? And he is. His numbers are obviously better than Bernardo. But they're beautiful for City as well. I mean, City have obviously got yeah. Leeds at home, Newcastle away, who I assume were dreadful today, then Leicester yeah. at home, and then Brentford away. That's for City. Strong. Yeah, and I, I'm not a massive fan of Bernardo Silva in FPL, but I think the point people make on, you know, his expected minutes, surely he plays all four. I mean, I guess Gallagher would as well. Yeah, and this is this is why it's. I think that one is a really, really tough decision. Mm. My My opinion on it is, if you don't have a City attacking asset obviously you've got your sterling some people have got Foden, whoever it might be if you don't have one buying bernardo silva just gives you a ticket in the raffle so for me yeah if you were to say over the course of the next four weeks there's a team that scores 15 goals you'd put your money on it being city wouldn't you if there's one team that goes mad over <laughs> christmas you'd put your name in on it being city if bernardo then plays 300 of the 360 minutes and they've scored 10 15 goals he's gonna get you what two three returns and maybe more you might as well just put your name in the hat get somebody that's going to be on the pitch and just hope he you know turns turns his 0.1 xg into a goal that day and (laughs) i think that's what that's what you get with bernardo and also the thing that people do to scare you off is they show you per 90 stats they go foden per 90 has 0.7 whereas gundogan is uh, gundogan is 0.8 but 
actually Bernardo Silva's only 0.4 xG and all this all this sort of stuff, which I completely comprehend and agree with and all this sort of stuff. But if Bernardo Silva's playing every single minute, I did look it up. Bernardo Silva, out of all Man City players, has the highest expected goal involvements purely because he's played the most games and the most minutes. So you're buying a player that you know is going to play and every so often he's going to get you a goal or an assist and tick along. And I don't think that's a problem at his price at all. It's a good point, actually, on the per 90 stats, because I think this week, actually, yeah, so this week, um, the highest non-penalty XG was actually Jota, mm. who got a 0.82. And obviously he only played, like, what, 25, 30 minutes? Yeah, so his per 90 was, what, two and a half? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quick maths there. Quick maths. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, but one of the things I hate in FPL, and it probably shouldn't come into my thinking, is if I've got Sterling but not Silver, and yep. then Silver outscores Sterling, it's it's really hard to take. You know, when you've got the expensive premium asset and yep. then the crappy little one, um, <laughs> you know, outscores them. I'd imagine it'd be if someone had Zaha, for example, a couple yes. of weeks ago, and then Gallagher's the one scoring. It's it's hard to take sometimes. So that's almost why I'd almost like to double up. Then I've got like the safety of Bernardo Silva alongside my Sterling pick. And I'd assume maybe Sterling plays three of the next four. Bernardo yeah. Silva, like you say, probably plays, plays all four, you'd imagine. Yeah. yeah, Especially with this Gundogan knock. Yeah, and I, again, I think Pep likes, Pep seems to like the, where, where Bernardo Silva plays and there doesn't seem to be another player that can play in that position. Obviously, he plays the, the right footer at the left centre mid and he plays the, the left footer on the, as the right centre mid and they've not got another one. So, yeah, I, I I I just think he's when when a manager is saying this is the best player in the world right now, Pep's not going to drop him, is he? In, no. in my opinion, the, the the PFA Player of the Year now is between Salah and Bernardo Silva. If City win the league, it will go to Bernardo Silva, and I think I think that's fair. He's been that good, so yeah, his numbers might not be amazing per ninety or every game, but over the course of the season, he's gonna he's gonna tick along and score a lot of points. And he, he's seven and a half million or seven point six now. So just just get him in your team, except that you've probably missed out on a on a bit, but he'll he'll tick along for the next couple of months and just just do it. Yeah, it's I think with him it'd almost be coverage if I went for him. But you make such a good case for Gallagher, and obviously with those fixtures as well. Something about those kind of players, you know, I guess he's playing a slightly different role today. Is that right? Because something about these players, you know, the central midfielders, box to box midfielders, maybe even when a player plays in the ten, it. I don't know, it kind of bores me a little bit. Yeah, and, it, and he's even more difficult because you, you you watch him today playing in the 10 and I sat there and thought, oh God, I wish I owned him because it, it was, again, his stats were very, very strong. A lot of shots, a lot of shots on target, key passes. And that's what you expect from a, from a young kid that's obviously very, very good on the ball, very talented playing as the number 10. But then recently they've gone from a 4-2-3-1 to a 4-3-3 and they've played... Jeffrey Schlupp on the left and Gallagher on the right. And, and then he's a lot deeper. So it's just hard to take, isn't it? But where, you know, you look at those four fixtures, if he now plays as a central midfielder in three of those four and only plays number 10 against Spurs away, you then sit there and in hindsight go, oh, for God's sake, I should have gone Bernardo Silva. But so, then that can, that can happen with Bernardo Silva as well, oh, actually. It's de- funny. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. But, but obviously Bernardo, as I say, City are more likely to score more goals, so you might just get lucky a bit more. Um, it's a, it's a tough, tough decision for me. I think both of them are fantastic. I if I didn't have either, I would probably edge towards Bernardo, but I don't think you could go wrong with either. I think they're both fantastic picks. Just because Bernardo's playing for the better team, it it sounds like. I think Bernardo over the course of the next let's say four weeks, like we've been mm. talking about probably has the highest ceiling okay nice um what if we chuck in bowen as well tough tough to, because west ham were useless today and my, i've got my yeah. negative, i've got my negative uh glasses on um no no we're, we're, we're a good side we're a good side we score a lot of goals you know we, we've scored three goals against liverpool this season three against chelsea we're, we're a good side and the intriguing part is that Lanzini is now back in the mix and with Lanzini back in the mix we can play a 3-5-2 which benefits Bowen massively because we could play a midfield of Rice, Suchek and Lanzini and Bowen and Antonio could go up top. 
Okay, and when Ben, I'm assuming Ben Rama goes to the um, African Cup of Nations. Um, yes. Would that change the formation at all? Do you think? Um, I think the only the only change there would be again we'd probably be more likely to again play the three five two. Okay, or, so it's still good for Bowen then as well. It's, it's good for Bowen then, and also Fournells would just take Ben Rama's position if we played the four two three one. The the issue the issue that we've got so so our our back four is Johnson, Zuma, Ogbonna, Creswell. Our back four today was Soufal, Dawson, um, Diop and Masuaku. We had to play a whole new back four. That is our second string back four. So fair play to him for keeping a clean sheet. But the only thing that I can think is Creswell is close to coming back from injury. He could then fit back in in a three and play centre half just to shore us up a little bit. And that then obviously massively benefits Bowen because he's the only one that could play up top with Antonio. And with Antonio playing up top, he's struggling a bit at the moment. He looks a bit leggy and Bowen can do a bit more of his running for him, do those runs in behind because he's got some pace and just offer something different that Antonio can't at the moment. And Antonio's runs in behind today were poor. His runs into the channel, not great. So... I think we may well revert back to the 3-5-2 that we used against Chelsea and looked quite good in. Okay, that's interesting. And it's also interesting how there's these three picks. So Bowen, Gundogan, sorry, not Gundogan, um, Bowen, Bowen uh, Silva and Gallagher, mm. who are all at like similar price points. I think a lot of people are looking at that. I mean, would your answer be you'd want all three? Because obviously a lot of us have got Salah and Jota at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I think personally... As I say, with this strong, strong bench, potentially the way you could go about that is by having only two strikers and having maybe well, some people you, you could even argue doubling up on those Watford boys, to be honest. And then going with a mid, midfield of, you know, Salah, Jota, Gallagher, Bernardo and Bowen. And then having your premium defenders as well with the likes of Ben White and Livramento on the bench. And you've got, then got a. Ben White, Livramento and, and Josh King on your bench for the next couple of couple of weeks, which would be very, very strong. And to be honest, as you say, the likes of Gallagher are better than Zahar. The likes of Bernardo are probably better than Sterling. So you probably can have a, a, a strong squad this year, unlike in many other years. Yeah. And when you were going through all those players as well, I was then thinking of like Rafinha. Obviously, he's got bad fixtures at the moment. Didn't yep. stop him scoring a penalty, um, but he's going to come back into the mix Exactly. Um, and you've got options to drop, haven't you? You can then you've then got Bernardo, Bowen and Gallagher, whoever whoever has the weaker fixtures at the time, get Rafinha straight back in for one of them. It almost makes me think there's no room for Sterling. Um, <laughs> Sterling's obviously blocking, <laughs> blocking players like that for me. But um, we move on to another question. So FPL Rodney, would you sacrifice your Chelsea double up at the back for another midfielder or striker into the into the five to six million bracket? can't get past the fact that a Rudiger James outscores the majority of options at the same price in midfield or up front. So it's obviously talking about the same price bracket of midfielders. How do you, I mean, how do you feel about big at the back at the moment? Yeah, it's difficult. And I've been contemplating this myself. I've got Rudiger mm. and James and obviously out of the two, logically you'd sell Rudiger and that's the one I've been looking at. But God, if I'd sold Rudiger this week, I'd have ended up, ended the game week with about six points. So, but again, you have to look at the bigger picture. Is Rudiger going to be fouled in the box many more times this season? It <laughs> seems unlikely. third time now. It, it, t- the fact that he did that twice in one game is absolutely madness. So fair play to him. And thank you very much for, for my points. Um, he also did it against Norwich, didn't he? And then the penalty was missed and then retaken. Yes. <laughs> and in the Man United game, he nearly popped up in the six-yard box and, and volleyed the, the winner in at the last minute. That, what, yeah. Why this bloke is in the box so much, I do not know. And it makes it, him difficult to sell because... I've got a centre-back that's getting in better areas than most strikers are these days. It's it's difficult, but I completely agree. It's it's a move that I'm I'm very close to to making, and I probably would have make if, made if I didn't have other issues. I that's the thing. I mean, it's not much easier to get rid of Alonso. I mean, maybe some people would now, yeah. bit now be screaming saying it is, but you know, just the, and, and I know Alonso's, you know, not really done anything outside of that assist. I think I saw his xG over the last four games was like 0.1. Um, yeah. some, something like that combined um, but obviously it's knowing what Alonso can do and I guess with both of them it's it's like transfers are so precious at the moment and it's a complete restructure to yep. move one of them down then spend the money somewhere else I think it's quite a luxurious position to be in to change them and obviously they've got Everton next home to Everton I wouldn't be taking Chelsea defenders out before that after that after that game today 
or, or the last couple of Everton games, they've looked awful. But you'd have said the same against Leeds. That 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 Leeds mm. starting eleven was woeful, and they no, they conceded no. two goals. So it's it's really tough. And you've got you've got Everton at home, Wolves away, who haven't particularly been amazing going forward. Villa away, who again haven't been great going forward, and Brighton at home. So you look at that on paper and think, well, there should be three or four clean sheets there. But is this Chelsea defence the same Chelsea defence we saw at the start of the season? Probably not. And also mm. their stats at the start of the season weren't that great anyway. So maybe they're just regressing back to where they should be now. I was going to say, I mean, they were getting very lucky. Um, I mean, yes. obviously I got on them quite early and got a lot of points from it, but there was a, there was a lot of luck. Um, I mean, obviously there were moments of bad luck as well. Like when I think when Burnley took the clean sheet away, but definitely can't complain at the points they were putting up. So someone made a really good point. I can't remember who it was now. Um, and it sounds quite simple, but it's the fact that, you know, we always know that City have the better defence than Chelsea, statistically, yep. um, or even just watching them play. Um, but you haven't got these attacking wingbacks outside, outside of like Cancelo, for example. Diaz isn't like Rudiger, is he? You're not going to no. get like multiple goals a season. You're not going to see him in, in the box as much. That seems to be a bit more lo- what Laporte does, but he's not nailed yeah um so i think there's never been a debate and i think if i if i moved off the double chelsea defense it would be because i've downgraded gundogan and then i want to go for double city defense i think it's the only way i can see myself doing it because they are quite i mean chelsea aren't consistent i was going to use the word consistent but if you look at the points they've scored you know if you took the last few game weeks and averaged them a bigger sample than four game weeks um, it's probably still huge, huge scores for Reese James, even though you know he's got zero, 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 one. The the points per game would still be massive. Yeah, and he's he's a he's a he's a great pick. Look, it, he he had that four game. He had he obviously had the four game week spell where he got fifty three points in four, and now he's yep. got one in four. As, <laughs> as you say, let's ma- let's make that eight and make it fi- fifty. Let's make it fifty four combined. <laughs> he's he's then averaging just less than seven points a, 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 a game, and and that's that's solid that's really really good and and probably what he is expected to be getting and he's 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 gonna as soon as you come off you know exactly what's gonna happen it's not worth doing that and it's just a difficult spot to be in now um with with the, the double chelsea and as you say rudiger's so attacking why would you move him to diaz who diaz now isn't 100 percent nailed so why would you move him to diaz the only way i would see you doing it is to go to this midfielder and I think potentially structure, structurally that makes sense to just go Trent, Cancelo, James, have the likes of White, Livramento, Ben Johnson, Soufal, whoever it might be that you fancy in the cheap cheap range. Because that's the difference, isn't it? Those those sub five million defenders are so much better than the sub five and a half, five million mids and attackers. Yeah, and it's no, that's that very squad. true. That's, that's why you do it, to, to go from Rudiger at six down to Ben White at four and a half. If you did that in midfield, if you're looking at less than five million in midfield or up front, God, it's slim pickings, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you can't even do it up front at the, at the moment. And yeah, one of the problems at the moment I've got is obviously Cancelo suspended. We're all going to have that. But I've got Keenan yep. Davis on my bench. So it literally makes my bench just live Ramento. Whereas if I wasn't, you know, if I wasn't playing four at the back every week, I could have had a couple of, you know, cheaper defenders on the bench. Yeah. Um, could have had maybe then had a playing striker, you know, like a King or a Dennis as as the third striker. So I think that's where it's going to be testing is it, you know, over the Christmas period because it does make your bench a bit thinner um, for for reasons you say. Yeah, but well, did... your your options are much better than mine. I'm I'm going into game week 17 with my first sub as Brownhill. Okay. Who didn't even start today. He's so, well rested. Yeah, yeah, he's rested, <laughs> ready for his ready for his two goal haul in game week 17. You never know. You never know. Knowing remember, my luck, he will do that and I won't need him. It'll be the one week where I don't need my bench. <laughs> it was a few, a few years ago. It must have been a long, long, long time ago with George Boyd. He was a 4.5 midfielder. and Every time a premium was rested, he would he would come off the bench and score. Um, and he played for Burnley. So you, you never know. You never know. <laughs> um, yeah. So if we move on. So we've got a question from FPL Pasty. Is it worth looking at Villa with their upcoming fixture run? Need a Vardy replacement and think Watkins might be the best option. We haven't talked about strikers, mm. but I mean, would you be looking at someone like Watkins over Antonio, for example? Firstly, I'll say it's difficult to analyse because mm. we can't analyse Villa based on Dean Smith. 
and we can only analyse Villa based on Gerrard and their stats since Gerrard came in. They've won a couple of games, but they've not been great statistically. But they've also played City and Liverpool in that run. So basically, if you were to go to go for Watkins, since Gerrard came in, he's played all five games, but he's only had five shots. He scored two goals, but he's only had five shots. That's um, go, I didn't I didn't realise it was that bleak for him. But I guess, like you say, it's the tougher tougher fixtures that he's had. Yeah, he's had some tough fixtures. He's, he's, I think his XG was exactly one across five games. The stats aren't great, but tough games. And also, who else is doing well anyway up front? The strikers are useless. So <laughs> you might as well take a punt on Watkins if you like him as, as the person taking a punt on Ronaldo or Kane. We, we all went for Kane at 12 million, didn't we, when he was doing nothing? And people were just going, well, he's Harry Kane. He'll do something at some point. So... If you're going to go for Watkins, why not? I, I genuinely, I couldn't argue against it because the fixtures look good. Maybe the confidence is slightly up as they picked up nine points from the from the three games they could have picked up wins from. So confidence should be high. Um, and he's as good as anyone else. And, and Antonio around the same price has been useless as well. His his stats are terrible and everybody's still on him. So, yeah, just uh, I, I'm not against that punt whatsoever. I think I think why not? What would your dream like front three be? Um, obviously, I guess it depends on formation. But I mean, let's say you were wild carding, mm. like right now. Who who yep. would your front three be? So I I have Ronaldo in my team, and that is yep. because of structure. So you know we've got Tottenham with double game weeks coming up. It would be nice to have an easy move to Harry Kane. That's my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, and at the time when there's doubles coming up, Salah would be at Afcon. So again, that's an easy move to Son. So I've got that stru- that in place structurally, and I'm happy with that. I think you go for one of the Watford boys, whichever one you want. I'm I'm not getting involved in the, in the sitting on the I'm fence. I'm not there. Getting involved in this debate. <laughs> Whether you like Dennis or King, completely fine. They're, they're great value. The issue is that mid that middle spot because West Ham's run is amazing. Antonio can put up very good numbers, get a lot of shots away, but he has been useless recently. Completely useless today. Awful. I would say that that third pick is just personal preference, whether you want to take a punt or whether you want to go 4.4 million on Lacardia like I have and put all your money everywhere else. Um, that third pick up top is tough, really is. I, 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 I like Tony and Tony, to be honest. I was happy owning Tony because Brentford are a team that are going to attempt to score some goals and he was on penalties. So I was quite happy to just keep him. Um and then COVID ruined that. Genuinely, I, I loved owning him, even though he didn't score that many points. He was just an easy pick. <laughs> it's probably how I feel about Pookie um, for slightly less. Yeah, exactly. Pookie's a great pick. Yeah, because he just they play 90 minutes. Well, Pookie doesn't as much. Tony does play 90 minutes. Pookie probably averages about 80 odd, but both on penalties. I guess Tony's not as much of a talisman for his team as, it, as he was last year. I mean, has, has he disappointed you a little bit or um, I mean, compared to last season? It's t- he's been given a different job. So last year, mm. his job was to attempt to put the ball in the back of the net. This year, I think Brentford as a unit go into games and they look to press. They look to tackle as a unit, press as a unit, move into areas as as a unit. And, and that means that Tony comes deeper at times to help his midfield. And I can completely understand that from a, from a footballing perspective. Obviously, it's difficult as a fantasy manager because it's the same thing that Harry Kane gets It's Oh, you know, just get into the box. If you get in the box, you'll score goals. That's not how football's played, is it? Like, no. <laughs> stri- strikers are asked to do different jobs these days. It's like the people that had never heard of Ralph Randnick in their life. All of a sudden, were like, oh, Ronaldo's not going to play well under him because he's going to he's going to have to press. And it's like, oh, shut up. You've never watched Locomotive Moscow play in your life. Let's not pretend you know what you're talking about. <laughs> so it's, it's it's exactly the same thing. Tony's just being asked to do a different job. And mm. over the course of the season, he's six and a half million. I think he'll score. 10 to 12 goals, get three or four assists, pick up 140, 150 points, and, and that's fine. It's just people were expecting this bloke that scored 30 goals in the championship to come up and get 25 because we had it from Bamford last year. It's not going to happen every year. No, and Bamford was a bit of an exception exception to the rule. Yeah. Um, I, he's one of these ones that I'm actually, so my current front line, I'm on Davis and that, that was bad. Um, but P- Pookie, Antonio and Davis. And I, I do think, you know, if I was wildcarded, maybe not say now, but, you know, down the line, I think something like Tony, Pookie and I don't know, King or Dennis. Um, I prefer King. I think yep. a front line that that could work. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really not sure about the premium strikers this year. I mean, I guess I've been quite lucky. I avoided Kane. 
because it was just the fact that I picked Son on my wild card. I didn't want to do a massive hit and change the structure on my team to get Kane. So that was that was lucky because I, I mean I was quite nervous not owning Kane, and obviously because of that now I've not got Ronaldo because I didn't want to do like a minus eight to get someone in that I wouldn't captain. Yeah. Um. I'm still going to be nervous every week. Looking at those fixtures with Man United, I'm going to be nervous every week. You know, you know he's definitely on penalties now. He should have probably. He sh- well, I say probably. He, he should have had a brace. Um, yeah. At, at the end of that Norwich game, even though Norwich looked better and actually had a higher non-penalty XG than United did. Yeah, I find the strikers so hard, and that's why I think I'd li- I like these you know crappy little strikers that are on penalties. Yeah, I agree. Who's who's your most expensive striker then? So Antonio who I've held since my wild card. So I actually got rid of him when he got suspended. Yeah. I wild card him back in. And yeah, Antonio is like my premium striker, as it were. So if if a striker would... Because obviously we've got three premium strikers that are all fantastic assets in, mm. in Ronaldo, Kane, Lukaku. If one of them all of a sudden went off on one and scored 10 goals in six games and their, their, their effective ownership in the top 100k around your mark went to 80%, 90%, how would you get there? Are you not worried about that? The fact that, as you say, you would have to take a minus eight, a minus 12 structurally to do that. It's hard to know because based on last season, I didn't own Bruno when he was like 150% owned. Yep. So it's not like I wouldn't, you know, I'd definitely go for it. But I am also trying to be a little more reactive this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess with the current structure I've got at the moment, I've got Sterling. He's a bit of a make way. Yes. So, so he can come down. And it's kind of why I didn't mind going for him because mm. I, I liked having the money in Son, tied up in Son. Sterling's a little bit more expensive than Son. So, I mean, it is possible. I can go Sterling and it it wouldn't help my bench situation. Sterling would have to go down to like, you know, a Brownhill or Gilmore. Yeah. But then Antonio can go up to Ronaldo or Kane or Lukaku. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, with the, that's the only thing I'm... I do want a bench. But then do you want to start like, you know, putting all your transfers and money into the bench just in case stuff like that happens? Because, mm. you know, if we don't need our second and third subs, we're kind of wasting money. So maybe I, I need to be prepared that one week and it might be this week I end up with just getting nine players out. Yeah, I guess I've got to be fine with that, even though it's not as fun and it is a game. So and that's, a, that's the thing that I find tough is I, mm. I want, especially for me, I, I watch a lot of football and I just desperately want to enjoy these games. Exactly. That's what that's I was more upset about that City game when Gundogan came off because I was like, oh, brilliant. That that was a player that was playing against 10 men. Who was owned by like five percent of players. So it was like if he scores a goal, that feeling when I'm watching the game is going to be so good. And when he came off, I was like, oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I just wanted to have that one fun moment where I'm like, get in. It can happen in a lot of games though. you're watching it and you're the only player, the only interest you've got in it get subbed off and it's like oh well what's the point now and that's even if it's like i don't know a connor cody even yeah. even though you know he's not going to score even though he did um a few weeks ago it, you know it's just having that skin in the game um and even earlier with guaita i was hoping he could grab an assist or something i think um <laughs> yeah, Foster spoiled me. Every, everybody else is sitting there with their gallagher number 10 roaming around taking shots and we're sitting there hoping our goalkeeper Matt boots one up <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But that's, that's it's part of the fun, isn't it? Um, well, that, the thing is, when when he when he conceded this goal, I was just hoping that Everton got a penalty. Just hope, cause yep. I'd love Same. a penalty save. That the feeling of a penalty save in FPL, that it doesn't get much better than that. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. And actually, it's funny because Andy uh, FPL mode, he's got um, Saar, uh, the keeper at Wolves, and obviously I had Sterling. God. I actually had, to, I actually turned it off um, when Sterling was taking that penalty. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, I couldn't watch it. Because last time I owned Sterling was on a free hit and he missed a penalty and got me minus one. He came off the bench and missed a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I've digressed well well off the topic there. I think, I think I'm think i just going to ask one more question, if that's right. It's, it's to do with West Ham again. Go for it. Um, so Praz asked, please clarify the Johnson situation. Mm. Serious option or is Sufal Masuaka in three at the back now now dented his appeal? So I read, I read that out wrong. Praz writ it well. Um, but yeah, if you could just talk about yeah Johnson, yeah. Sufal, Mas- Masawaka situation. Well, it, it doesn't dent his appeal at all. Um, hmm. Johnson, Johnson's for, for for a young kid is one hell of a player. Um, so far this season, he's played right wing back, left wing back, right back, left left back, and also back. He's played in the back three. So when he's fit, he'll play every game probably it, it, to whatever capacity that might be, whether it be as a wing back or as a centre half. 
he will play. He's just got an injury at the moment, unfortunately. He picked up an injury against Chelsea. Um, likely to be out for two or three weeks, which obviously over Christmas puts him out probably till game week 2021, maybe. Uh, so he's not an option, which does make some of the other West Ham defensive assets a bit more viable. Soufal, potentially, as a, as a, who will now be playing as a fullback or a wingback in getting forward, looks a good pick. Ben, ben Johnson, when he's back, is, is going to be a fantastic FPL asset. Uh, we, defensively, I'm not so sure, because as I say, we're playing our full second string back line, which is tough. But yeah, once when, when everybody's fit, Ben Johnson's a, a, a top, top, top asset. He really is. Yeah, it's just a shame it happens now because, like you say, the turnaround between games are so quick. Yeah. Um. Obviously, a player being out with a little niggle um can be a long time. Um. It makes me uncertain of certain players. Like we've mentioned, Gundogan. Like maybe he'll play a few games, but he's not going to play every game. Um. Foden, for example, the reason I saw Foden was just you know him having that ankle injury. That made me feel like I couldn't trust him over Christmas. You know, as as great as a player like that is. Um, but yeah, no, really interesting. Um, if we get into, so I guess our transfers for next week and maybe our captains for the next two weeks, um, yep. because the game weeks, I mean, these come really fast now. Like there's a deadline Tuesday at six o'clock in the UK. That game week runs until Thursday evening. And then there's a deadline again, lunchtime on, on Saturday. And who knows if there's going to be games called off. Um, so do you have much of a transfer plan at the moment? Uh, I th- I think this week it will definitely be Gundogan uh, to Gallagher. Almost almost set on that one because the, the next games are great. Uh, after that, game week 18 is then when I want to start prioritising the likes of West Ham. Because um, you I'm don't have any, do you? No, I, I'm, a, I'm a very biased West Ham, but the way <laughs> you wouldn't expect. I, I hate owning West Ham players purely because I'd rather they score and I don't own them. When when I owned Antonio and he didn't score, it it was just it was it was twice as as harmful to me. It it just hurt. It hurt my heart. So, but I'll, I'll run from game week 18. Norwich at home, Southampton at home, Watford away, Palace away, Leeds at home. It's disgusting. And the the one the one that I quite like that I'm potentially going to do Rudiger to is is actually Issa Diop. Oh wow! He's 4.3 million. Oh, wow. He's now nailed to play as a centre-half for us up until Christmas and at, probably through January as well while we look for a replacement. And he's very good in the air. So I might take a punt on him. He might be one of the punts that I take, hoping that West Ham get a couple of clean sheets and maybe at some point he gets me a goal. He always ends up really cheap, and I've actually just double-checked it before I said it. Um, he always drops from 4.5 and ends the season either 4.2 or 4.3. Yeah, it seems to be a thing with Diop, um, which probably means I shouldn't buy him. But <laughs> he, he's one that I'm potentially looking at. And at the end of the day, if we don't have any fit defenders, then he's definitely going to play, isn't he? So I and, like that. That's an interesting one. It's, I've not heard anyone anyone even mention Diop until you just did just then as an as an FPL asset anyway. Oh, it's because he's utterly useless. <laughs> but he is he is a good fantasy asset if he's starting every game for us. So why not? Yeah, no, nice, nice, and I, I like that. So you, so you'll be looking at moving in, say Gallagher this week, um, and then it will be the West Ham players the week after. Yeah, I might, I might go, I might go for a minus four on double West Ham and then go um, Rudiger to Diop and Brownhill to Bowen. Wow, so Just even a hit for Diop. <laughs> yeah, R- 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 <laughs> Rudiger out, Diop in for a minus four is is mad. What, isn't what it, really? can go wrong? <laughs> Oh, no, I, I like that. I like that. And Antonio, then, will he just be one you just won't be able to get to? Yeah, structurally, it's it's too difficult for me to get to him. And I, I, I sold him a few weeks ago. I, I, I have the benefit over a lot of other managers that I watch West Ham every week. You know, you know, obviously, we're, we're American football fans and people talk about the intangibles. There's something that just seems off with Antonio and I can't put my finger on it. I, he, he works as hard. He makes the same runs. He, he He's trying to score. He's trying to insist, assist. But there's just something about him at the moment where every game I watch, I just think. There's something off and you're not you're not quite there right now. And I don't know what it is, 
Is it that he's? I mean, this something might sound harsh, but he's probably not used to playing this many. This many. He's normally injured, you know, at some point, isn't he? Well, he's he's he played, I think, three or four of our European games. He's played a lot of games for Jamaica. He's travelled yeah, a lot. A goal he scored for Jamaica convinced me to get him back in for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he was playing with confidence. Yeah. But it's. It's a tough one. And, and the, the, the difference between how he looked early in the season to how he looks now, it's chalk and cheese. And it's it's really tough because the numbers he had early on, the numbers that he had early on were so good that his numbers still now over the season look really good because mm. they were just, they were the numbers you'd, you'd, you'd give up to a 13 million striker. Whereas now he's playing like a 5 million striker. So right now you kind of look at it and you go, well, his numbers are okay for an eight million striker. <laughs> um, I, for me, my view on Antonio is if you have him, hold. If you don't, don't buy. Okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit annoyed I've got him to be honest. <laughs> like, I can't see many other options though, so it's not. I mean, I'm obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna keep him. Um, but no, it's, it's interesting you say that, and it, it doesn't feel like. Very, you know, very exciting pick. It's just, I think also him not being on penalties is kind of annoying. And I know I keep going on about players being on penalties. And this week's the first week it's actually looked like it's a thing um, until that goes back to normal, probably next game week. But, you know, him not being on penalties as well, it just means that, you know, a lot of his rivals or, you know, rival striker picks are cheaper and and on penalties. Well, I don't I don't know if there's anything in it, but I think. If you look at all the penalties that occurred this week, mm. quite a lot of them were lazy lunges or lazy tackles. I've got no data to back it up, but potentially are there more are there more Christmas penalties because players are absolutely <laughs> knackered and they're dangling out legs. <laughs> that, that's there, an idea for like a Twitter thread. Or... That. Someone go away and do some numbers because I could be a genius there. I could Someone be an idiot. Will. If I'm an idiot, don't come back to me. But I could be a genius <laughs> and potentially let's just get penalty takers in. All right, if anyone can can do this, that would be that would be brilliant. Although the deadline is very very close, you're gonna to have to work hard. Get it done um, quickly. Yeah, throughout Monday and get this done for Monday evening in time for everyone to do their transfers. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my, my team, I mean, my moves sound a bit similar. Oh, I didn't ask you your captain. Is it, I mean, is it gonna be double Salah? Well, well, you've got we got Mo at home to Newcastle, haven't we? Yeah. So, so that seems like a given. I think if if anybody goes against Mo in game week 17, you're just doing it to be different. Um, game week game week 18 is if if you had a, a I think if if I had a nailed Phil Foden, I'd probably go for him away at Newcastle when Liverpool have Tottenham away. But we don't have that nailed City asset who's got insane numbers, do we? So again, I'll probably just go for Salah against Tottenham away, which is isn't fun, but it's probably what I'll do. No, and I, I mean, I remember early in the season when Liverpool played City, I genuinely was considering Salah. I mean, not for yeah. a long time, but a couple of hours. I was thinking I could just captain Mo here. Obviously, yeah. a much harder team to play against than Spurs. And you know he's going to play in that game as well. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I do have Sterling. But if he plays against Leeds, which I hope and expect him to do, although I'm going to keep really close eye on. I have to thank Emma, Jump the Wave. Um, She does a, I, I always mention Emma. But she does her thing every week where they predict who starts for City. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not flawless, but Sterling was at like 80 or 90 percent. So I, was, I felt confident enough to go for it. Um, I mean, if Sterling starts the next one, I, th- I think then it gets to the point where, you know, away at Newcastle, is he then going to be due arrest? I mean, that might be overthinking. But. Yeah. And, and this is this is unfortunately what makes it so difficult, isn't it? That logically going against Salah against any team at the moment is just it's just not worth doing. And and, and, that, and that does make the game slightly less fun, unfortunately, but you can't do it, can you? It, it no, just wouldn't be worth your time. I've also noticed looking at, I try not to look at EO too much, but I have noticed his EO has been going grand. It, it went to almost 200% yeah. after he went, you know, did that crazy game against uh, United. It's been gradually edging down like to about one, I think what was it was this week? 180, 185. But again, that was because Man United played the worst team in the league in Norwich. True. So that that number against Newcastle will go back. I, I'd be shocked if that was anything less than about one nine eight. I don't know. I think people start to get a little bit bored and want to be a bit more creative. But I mean, you're probably right. Newcastle is probably going to be an exception, especially after after today's result um, yep. where they got spanked four nil. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
I'm going to be captain in Salah both weeks. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. And my transfer is pretty similar to you as well, Luke. I, I need to get rid of Gundogan. Yep. I've got 7.7. So I've got 0.5 in the bank, so I can spend up to 7.7. So it's just a case of if I go to the players you mentioned earlier. So, I mean, Bernardo Silva was the plan. You've put some really good points forward about Gallagher, actually. And mm. the fact it frees up some money for me as well, which yeah. means, you know, I can... I can maybe get out of Keenan Davis or something down the line. That that could be useful. And he's nailed. That that's got me tempted, but it just doesn't feel as exciting. No, it's no. not. And I kind of hate owning Sterling without Bernardo Silva now, or without a second one. Yeah, that's it. That, 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 that's that's why I went for for Gundogan. My, my my aim was to get triple City for that run, but unfortunately he's he's now injured, so I just won't be able to do it. No, it's, it's been. I mean, I had Foden, um, then went to Gundogan. And yeah. now I've got my I'm now I'm looking at Gundogan to Bernardo Silva. And meanwhile, I've had to get, you know, Sterling in. It's, it's I'm basically I've, I'll have owned them all if I do that. <laughs> uh, literally. They'll score at some point for you then. I'm sure yeah. Sterling scored for you this week. So <laughs> it's probably why my bench is looking a bit ropey because I'm using all my transfers on City midfielders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably should be a little careful there. No, but no, I appreciate you coming on, Luke. Um, you know, especially a Sunday night straight after the games. Obviously, we haven't had much time to digest what's even happened. You know, we, we're still not going to know what's going to be happening with all these games until probably until the last minute. No, that's it. That's what that's what we spoke. We spoke about just before the, the, the podcast started was the deadline at the moment is currently based on Man U playing at half seven and their game might be called off. And then if their game's called off, Norwich and Villa might be called off because of COVID as well. So we could end up with three different deadlines in the over the course of the next two days. So, yeah, we have no idea what's going on any more than anybody else. No, it's horrible. We just, I guess we've just got to be vigilant. I mean, even last week when me and Luke recorded, like literally I we clicked, you know, hung up on the call. And then there was all these news about Spurs might get, you know, there's, Spurs was under threat. Yeah. And obviously it turned out, you know, that that was true. So, yeah, there's only so much we can do. So I appreciate you coming on doing this short pod and... If you, oh oh and people um if you want to plug anything by the way no not at all right i knew you were <laughs> going to say that i think you said similar similarly last time um, but you're at fpl irons on twitter yeah if you want to follow me i, I wouldn't bother <laughs> <laughs> I, i'd recommend it i'd recommend it follow luke at fpl irons and <laughs> luke's just got one more thing to say west ham are massive <laughs> i'll let you have it mate <laughs> up the pod <laughs> up the pod <laughs>